1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Very interesting week around Penn State athletics, particularly with men's basketball. I'll get to that here more in a little bit coming up later on. We'll have a great discussion about the departure of Kanye Clary, uh, the leading scorer on the team who was dismissed from the team during the week and then Penn State beats Illinois and then beats Indiana uh, for the first sweep of Indiana since 2009 and another top 15 and went over Illinois. So very interesting uh, week with regards to Penn State basketball. But I do want to start with what I think is kind of a, a, a neat little discussion on Penn State football and work ethic, um, the workout warrior Kind of discussion. This has made its way on social media a little bit over the past couple of weeks. If you follow Penn State football, they have this thing called the Competitor of the Day. Um, they have their position coaches break down the top competitor on a given day during winter workouts, and Twitter is all abuzz with who the winners of these Competitor of the Day uh nods go to. And so so far there have been six. And the the one that's intriguing, the one that makes for an interesting discussion is the quarterback spot because the winner of the competitor of the day at quarterback for the first one was Bo Pribula And then the second one was Bo Prabula. And the third one was Bo Prabula. And right about then, this is probably about a week, week and a half ago, we started to get You know, there was some some discussion about. Okay, well, uh, why isn't Drew Aller winning any of these things? Well, then the fourth competitor of the day was newcomer Ethan Grunkmeyer, and then the fifth competitor of the day was Bo Prabula. So, okay, and at that point, now the discussion is kind of really taking off into a whole: Is Drew Aller working hard enough? Why isn't he winning these competitor of the day battles? Does it matter? Then uh, February 22nd, uh, which was a uh, Thursday quarterbacks coach, Danny O'Brien, who was ascended to the quarterbacks coach uh, spot this past week, even though he is still a grad assistant, he named none other than Drew Aller competitor of the day for workout number six. And so, that kind of, you know, uh, diffused a little bit of the discussion about, hey, is Aller working hard enough? So I want get, to get into this a little bit because do I think it's a, a terribly controversial or important discussion? No, I really don't. But I do think there is something to be said for kind of what's going on here a little bit. And should your quarterback – be one of your team's best competitors. Now, look, we don't have the criteria for what these coaches use to pick their competitor of the day. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here. I'm not trying to make this more than it is, um, but it did strike me as peculiar that Drew Aller was not winning these compet- any of these competitor of the day competitions for the first. Five, and then he ended up getting the sixth one. So the question then becomes Does it matter? Does it matter at all? Many people out there think, Nope, doesn't matter one bit. I, I really don't think it matters a whole lot, but I, I think it might matter a tiny bit just in terms of what's going on behind the scenes, what the coaches are doing, what they're seeing and what it might say about the quarterback competition at Penn State, or what it might not say about the quarterback competition at Penn State. Bottom line, there's no quarterback controversy. Let's just bury that right off the bat. There's no quarterback controversy, okay? Drew Aller's the starter. He's going to be the starter next year. He is going to get every single opportunity under under the sun. And it doesn't matter if Bo Perbula wins Competitor of the Day 60,000 times. Drew Aller is Penn State's starting quarterback. Do you want your starting quarterback in a small quarterback group of Grunk Meyer, Jackson Smolik, Drew Aller, do you want him to be outworking those other three? And do you want him to win the competitor of the day competitions? Well, well yeah. I mean, you'd like to see that. That shows leadership. And, and certainly you want your best players to be your best leaders and competitors. And so that's what kind of led to a whole, uh, uh, some of the social media discussion of is drew working hard enough? Is drew working hard enough? Is Bo out working drew again? We don't know all the criteria that's going on for these competitor day things, but clearly Bo Pribula is a workout warrior. He's a tremendous athlete. he, you know, he he just looks like the kind of guy that busts his butt and does the work and does the competition stuff well and, you know, hitting it hard in the weight room and all of those kinds of things. That wouldn't surprise anybody about Bo Pribulis. Now, Drew Aller's a big guy, 6'5", 240. Should he be lifting more weight? Should he be out working Pribula or anybody else in some of this stuff? Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, you don't necessarily always want your quarterback to be jacked. I remember Daryl Clark, when he went to – when Daryl Clark had a nice career. I've always thought Daryl Clark was one of the more underrated Penn State quarterbacks of the last, you know, several decades. Uh, when he went to, like, some professional workouts and everything, they talked about kind of how jacked he was. I remember the stories about how strong he was, and maybe it made him a little tight that you, you don't want your quarterback to be so strong that he can't do all the fluidity types of things and all that. So – um, does it matter a whole lot that Drew Aller wasn't winning these competitors? Of the day? Not really a whole lot. But what are the coaches looking for with regards to Prabula, And are they keeping him engaged? That's part of the discussion that you have to have now in the NIL and transfer portal era. Do they give Bo Prabula more hope? that he might actually compete for the job if he's winning some of these competitor of the day competitions over Aller. Look, maybe he's just outworking Aller. <coughs> maybe he's just a harder worker and he he is just a better competitor than Drew Aller. Does that mean he's a better quarterback? No. No. Okay. That's where the distinction between that, that that's a, that's a fascinating thing about sports. Sometimes you can work your tail off. You can be the hardest worker in the world, and still not necessarily be real good at the sport. You get what I'm coming where I'm coming from. You know, football, you can lift all the weight in the world. If you don't have great technique blocking or tackling or whatever. Maybe you're just not the greatest football player. Baseball, you can outwork anybody. You can practice every day for four hours. Basketball, you can shoot the ball for five hours a day. But if you're five foot six and you weigh 130 pounds, are you going to get on the court even though you're outworking people that are more talented than you physically? Well, no, not you're not. So that's kind of the reality of of the situation. I coach a lot of kids in in numerous sports, and I've got some kids that work their tails off. They work so hard. They're maybe not the most talented kids and you appreciate being around them and you respect them for doing the work and how hard they hustle and everything. But at the end of the day, they maybe can't score the basketball as well as a bunch of other kids. Maybe they can't hit a baseball or pitch a baseball or throw a football or catch a football or kick a soccer ball as well as some of the kids who are just, quite frankly, more Talented. It's almost like a school comparison. Some of you may have encountered this either when you were young or if you have kids or grandkids, you went to, you went to school and everything was easy for you and you got straight A's and you, you quote, never cracked a book open. And then some people go to school and they study and study and study and they put in all the time and effort and all the extra and they get B's, C pluses. And that's just the best they can do. Cause sometimes, <laughs> Even though we live in a woke world, and this might offend people, sometimes people are just smarter than other people. They get it quicker. They have better memory. They're able to retain it better. You know, me personally, I was a straight-A student my whole life. I didn't really have to study a ton, uh, and I got straight-A's pretty much my whole life. Uh, I knew other people that probably worked way harder than me and and got B's, maybe even C's. Um, So, again, you kind of get back to a sports standpoint Working hard is great. Working hard is respectable. Being a workout warrior is terrific. Doesn't mean you're more talented or can get the job done in a game better than somebody who's just... Again, more talented than you, better than you. I do find it to be an interesting discussion. And I've, it, again, to me personally, it was peculiar that Aller was not winning any of these things. I'm glad they did finally pick him for, for one on uh, Thursday. So maybe it'd quiet down some of the discussion a little bit. But Drew Aller's a starting quarterback. There's no controversy. There's no competition. James Franklin, Andy Kotelniki, Danny O'Brien, anybody can say there's a competition, and yeah, you can say you, you, one of Franklin's four credos is compete in everything you do. Well, sure, that's fine, but when you're the five-star quarterback and you're still projected to be first, second-round pick, you know you're not gonna, you're not really in a competition with Bo Prabula. And so, uh, would we like to see Drew Aller win more of these competitors of the day? Eh, maybe would it show that he's a hard worker? Ah, eh, sure. Does it matter a whole heck of a lot? in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> not really. So I just wanted to address that a little bit. Uh, again, I got a great discussion coming up here over the next couple of segments on the Kanye Clary situation and men's basketball. Listen in for that t- terrific stuff. Joe Smelter from Nittany sports now joins me, but I do want to say what a great job Mike Rhodes is doing. Again, the discussion you're about to hear over Kanye Clary and a lot of men's basketball stuff and the way modern, you know, you treat the modern college basketball player. We recorded this earlier in the week before Penn State beat Illinois and beat Indiana. So I just want to preface the discussion by saying, man, what a great week. And you take a look at what Mike Rhodes is doing in year one, eight and nine in the conference as we speak right now. That's much better than I expected. Much better. I thought they'd win four or five games in the Big Ten. The one thing I needed to see Mike Rhodes do this year was keep the ship afloat. Don't go from making the NCAA tournament last year with Michael Shrewsbury to just bottoming out this year and now struggling. But Mike Rhodes has done well enough to to be able to go out after this season and convince some transfers. Hey, we get the right players at Penn State. We can get this thing going. I I I've said this before. I don't think high school recruiting is going to be the the main uh, I think it's going to keep Penn State basketball going. I think it's going to have to be the transfer portal. But, man, uh, what what Rhodes has done, and dare I say, Mike Rhodes is a better coach than Micah Shrewsbury. You know, if you disagree with that, I I, I give Micah a lot of credit. Got to the NCAA tournament, um, which is hard to do at Penn State. Won a game last year in the tournament, which is hard to do at Penn State. I still, in the back of my mind, have always kind of felt Micah Shrewsbury got a little lucky. More than a little lucky after being five and nine in the Big Ten last year and then going to the booty ball with Jalen Pickett. And they found something that worked over a three week stretch that kind of saved everybody. Quite frankly, I think the job Mike Rhodes has done through that. The course of this season is every bit as good, if not better than anything Micah Shrewsbury did. Again, Micah got lucky. I, I think Micah, they, they, they. Kind of struck oil for three weeks at the end of last season. I think Mike Rhodes looks like he's building something that might be a little more sustainable than what Micah Shrewsbury was doing with Jalen Pickett. And Micah's got a, a tough, tough job at Notre Dame. That roster was really bad, but Penn State's roster was really bad. And I don't think there's any question that uh, Micah Shrew- or that Mike Rhodes is doing a better job. This season at Penn State, which is eight and nine in the Big Ten, as opposed to Notre Dame and Micah Shrewsbury, they're sitting here at what, uh, pulling up the record as we speak and my computer, my internet connection is going a little slower and I pulled up. Bat, football instead of basketball anyway Notre Dame basketball is is struggling they're not having a good year and Mike Shrewsbury's got a lot of work to do with that roster they're uh, 13th in the ACC they're five and 11 in the ACC all right that's gonna wrap up uh, the first segment stick around we got a great basketball discussion for you coming up situation with the Penn State men's basketball team. Kanye Clary, the team's leading scorer, dismissed from the team. Coach Mike Rhodes said yesterday, a very bizarre situation. There are some interesting elements of how we got here. We're going to welcome in Joe Smeltzer from Nittany Sports Now. Not that there's really necessarily an easy answer for this or, or just one answer for this, Joe, but can you explain as best you can why Kanye Clary is no longer a member of the basketball team?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, Corey, thanks for having me on. Um, i I can't speak too much about any of the behind the scenes, you know, off the court factors, if there were any. Um, as far as that element goes, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what happened there, and um, it'd be in interest of fairness, all parties involved. Um, I can't speak too much on that, but talking specifically from on the court, um, I think a lot of this stems from that this season didn't really go as expected for Kanye Cleary. It went a lot better than expected. I think going back, uh, Mike Rhodes brings Dave baldwin in from VCU, a polished guy, veteran guy, player of the year and defensive player of the year in the Atlantic 10. And then you have Kanye Cleary, who's a hold, holdover from the Micah Shrewsbury era, not many of those. Um, and he, was that average about three points a game last season? I don't think anybody expected him to average around 20, but that's, but that's what happened. And as a result of that, uh, you had two, uh, dynamic point guards and the point guard is the quarterback of the offense. And when you have two quarterbacks on the court at the same time, uh, it's, it's kind of hard, uh, to manage that way going through the season, uh, obviously starting out, it wasn't, Baseball when Dinkin off to a hot start, in fact, was moved to the bench uh for a few games, I think, by Mike Rhodes. And Kanye Clary uh, came out of the gate fast and became Penn State, at least on the offensive then, became by far its leading man. And then, you know, Baldwin starts to play better. Clary gets hurt. And after Clary got hurt, uh, he never really became his former self again. He came off the bench in all three games that he played in after his injury and obviously didn't make the trips to Nebraska and the writing was on the wall, uh, pretty much from there. So, uh, behind the scenes, um, I, I'm, I'm really not sure all that went into it, but, um, from a basketball standpoint, I think it was partially because Kanye Cleary became a lot better, uh, than I think anybody would have predicted coming into the year. And also because when you have, uh, two, um very talented players uh, that play the exact same position, especially when that position is the most important one on the court. Um, it can be a little hard to manage that. So I think, from a basketball standpoint, uh, at least, just uh, an educated observation, um, a lot of it uh, was because of that.
1: Yeah, just a big challenge. You mentioned the really, I think, the most important thing, and they they play the same position. Right, uh, Ace Baldwin is six one. Kanye Clary is 5'11". Kanye Clary is not a shooting guard by any stretch of the imagination. You can move him off the ball, and they've tried, but then you're, you've got different matchups. Ace Baldwin is is the more natural leader on the court. So basically, what it comes down to is while Kanye Clary was scoring more points and doing a lot of personal things, the team is better with Ace Baldwin on the court and not Kanye Clary. Do you disagree with that?
0: Um, I think I'd agree with that. I think Ace Baldwin's the best player on this basketball team just what he can do. Uh, Clary is, well, Baldwin's definitely the best player now, right? But even if Clary was still a part of the picture, uh, Clary is, I don't know if I'd call him a one-trick pony, but he does not have the arsenal that Ace Baldwin does. He can't He can't steal the basketball like Ace Baldwin. He can't facilitate the way Ace Baldwin can. I just think there's so much that Ace Baldwin can do when he's not scoring and Ace Baldwin's still averaging, I think, around 13, 14 points a game, uh, that he is, uh, Penn State's, uh, leading man. Um, but I think, uh, and this is going to sound blunt, but I think it's the truth. Uh, this is, this is a mediocre basketball team with or without Kanye Cleary. Um, I, Seen some people write on, uh, the internet, Twitter, uh, that, uh, the team's better without, without Clary. Uh, but I'd look at them and say, okay, the team upset Indiana without Clary, but they beat, upset Wisconsin at home with Clary and with Clary scoring, I think it was 24 points, um, and that upset the team recently won three straight, um, with Clary either not playing or playing in a limited capacity. The team recently lost three straight. With Clary uh, either not playing or playing in a limited role. So, uh, yeah, I would say that Ace Baldwin is definitely the best player on this team. He is the leader of this team, as Mike Rose expected coming in. Uh, but this, I don't think, just based on the results uh, that we've seen with Clary in the lineup and with him out of the lineup, I don't know how big of a difference this makes because. This, was, this year was expected to be the um, challenge you uh, won for Mike Rogues uh, from a wins and losses standpoint, and it certainly has been one.
1: Joe Smelter from Nittany Sports now joining me. And so, we're just touching the surface of this because the deeper parts of this discussion go like this. Okay, so they play the same position and maybe you are better off with Ace Baldwin on the court as opposed to Kanye Clary. Does that mean Kanye Clary can't be on your basketball team at all? That's what gets me, Joe, is that you got a guy averaging 17 points a game, and he was over 18 before the injury, and, his, and then his stats have kind of dropped off. You can't find a spot for that guy? Okay, so I, I get yeah. that it's difficult from a coaching standpoint that you need Ace Baldwin to do some of these things that Kanye is already doing. How many times have we ever heard in our entire lives that a college basketball team's leading score has been dismissed from the team in February. I'm not sure I've ever heard it. So, we're talking about mm-hmm. a couple different things here. We can make basketball reasons why Ace Baldwin is playing over Kanye Clary, clearly. I, 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 I think they're a better team with Ace Baldwin instead of Kanye Clary. So, how do we determine, how do we explain then that there's no spot on the basketball team? For Kanye Clary, that the bridge couldn't be uh, traveled over by both he and Mike Rhodes. I I literally just got a text. You might have heard the ding a minute and a half ago. I heard it's academics. Well, we don't know that. I don't know for sure. That's one thing that's out there. There's a lot of speculation out there. There's also speculation out there that Ace Baldwin is getting a whole hell of a lot of NIL money. And Kanye Clary's probably not. I saw a great thread on Twitter uh, earlier today, Kanye Clare averaged three points a game last year. You end up getting the A10 defensive or, or uh, yeah, player of the year, and Ace Baldwin. That guy might be making some pretty good coin, and those people paying him that pretty good coin need to see him on the court. And my and Mike Rhodes, if he's going to bring in guys making some pretty good coin in NIL, they kind of have to play. And if the guy who's probably not making anything in NIL because he hadn't earned it. Even if he is your leading score, you see what I'm getting at. There are a lot of th- yeah. there there are a lot of shady things in play here, to be honest with you, that again, I never in my life, I'm fifty years old. I've never in my life heard a college team's leading score dismissed on February nineteenth, basically because he's kind of lost some playing time. I mean, if if there's a if there's a lot of arguing going on behind the scenes or if there's disagreements, the kid was essentially kicked off the team. You can't yep. find a place for the guy.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned academics, Corey. I, I've seen that pop up too. But it's February. Uh, it's I, February nineteenth, though. I,
1: if the academics yeah. were in play, that would have been at the beginning of the semester or after the. I, you know, I don't know that you 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 get dealt an academic right. blow on February nineteenth in the middle of the semester.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. So the most likely thing of. It's probably attitude, you would think, just, uh, based on, yeah, sure. um, I don't think you kick a guy off the team, uh, because he isn't a fit, uh, systematically. That, that, that wouldn't make much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, that would be a pretty unfair thing, uh, to do, uh, to a player, uh, especially one, uh, that everybody knows, uh, which Kanye clearly is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And I, I'm not going to. Talk down on the guy's character, obviously. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of things. I think the NIL thing, uh, just based on what we know about NIL makes sense. Uh, Penn State, uh, probably needed, uh, to obviously Mike Rhodes was a big factor in getting ace ball when, uh, the Penn State, the number one factor, but, um, I'm sure they probably uh, gave him a decent NIL package too. Um, and Kanye Cleary coming into this season. Uh, only averaging, uh, three points a game, uh, wasn't getting the same NIL deal that he won, um, more of the NIL based on the way he played, um, over the first two months of the season. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Um, but yeah, there was definitely, uh, there could have been a few outside factors. Maybe it boiled down to just one outside factor. Uh, but for a guy to be, as you mentioned, basically kicked off the team, uh, for things for specifically basketball related and system related uh reasons and fit related reasons
1: doesn't so make any sense example, it doesn't it doesn't make any yeah, sense that
0: that, that 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 doesn't make sense to me i don't think any coach would do that and i certainly don't think mike Rhodes would do that
1: right and we don't again this is this is such a peculiar and bizarre scenario and we don't know the answers. Uh, let me just say, I, I'm speaking in generalities here. I'm not talking about Mike Rhodes and I'm not talking about Kanye. Right. I'm speaking in clear generalities here. If I'm a coach of a team and I take away the job of one of my players and give it to another one of my players, I have to fully well expect that the one player is going to be pretty pissed. And... Yeah. I I need to go, at that point then, as it, for me as a coach, for me as a coach, it's my responsibility to go above and beyond, light years above and beyond, to try to help that kid then. Because you've, the one thing that matters to any player is playing time. That's the one thing, and we can talk NIL, we can talk money, all that stuff. Playing time matters the most. So. If I'm a coach and I'm I'm benching my leading scorer for any reason, I have to have enough wherewithal and common sense to know that this is going to devastate this young man. It's going to devastate him. I don't know if he, Kanye's 19 or 20. He's a sophomore, so he's 19 or 20 years old. You're taking away the guy's life, essentially, in, in terms of sports. Kid's been playing basketball since he was three or four years old. He's your leading scorer in the Big Ten. He's making highlight reels left and right. You're benching him. In that scenario, even if Kanye Clary becomes the biggest a-hole in the world in the locker room, I got to think the coaches and the program's responsibility is to go above and beyond and do everything possible to try to do right by the young person at that point. Because to me... It's totally understand. If Kanye Cleary Clary is furious and dropping f bombs, I'm I'm just making this stuff up. I don't know if he's the most furious person in the world and and yeah. causing all kinds of problems in the program. Which I don't know if he. Quite frankly, I think he has the right to. If you're averaging 18 a game. And you basically get benched because you got a concussion, unfortunately. Do you see what I'm getting at, Joe? I, I yep. just, I just wonder. This this all happened so quickly. He came back from a concussion. He missed two games. He played some of one game. He missed one game at Nebraska. And now he's gone a week later. A week. A week, yep. for God's sake. Can can the kid can the kid have three, four weeks to get his life in order? Can the kid have can, can you try to massage or, or or solve this problem with a kid that you've just devastated in a matter of yeah. a week or two? Do you see what I'm getting at?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, thinking about it uh for Kanye Clarys right? You come to Penn State um, as a freshman, a school uh that wasn't that obviously isn't known for basketball. Um I'm sure uh there was Some hope, at least, um, if not realistic thought, that he'd be able to get a lot of playing time. But then the guy who plays this position, Jalen Pickett, becomes one of the best players in college basketball. when he's relegated to a bench role, averages about three points. Now, um, a new coach comes in and you could have left, could have gone uh, multiple other places like uh, most of your teammates did. Um, And instead, uh, Claire decides to stay with Penn State is loyal to Mike Rhodes plays for Mike Rhodes. And I'm not, uh, I'm not ripping Mike Rhodes off for this situation, but I'm just kind of seeing it from the player's perspective. And then you get your shot to play, get your shot to start, make the most of that opportunity, become one of the leading scorers in the big 10 uh, and then stuff happens. You get hurt and you never start another game. And, you know, and when, when the person that's taking your position um, is somebody that, you know, previously played with the coach, and I'm not saying that Ace Baldwin didn't earn his role at Penn State. Obviously, he did. He's the best player on this team. But um, maybe at his age, uh, it'd be reasonable to think that maybe he could have thought that uh, Mike Rhodes was showing favoritism toward Ace Baldwin because he had coached him at VCU. Let
1: me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I've played sports my whole life. I've been around athletes. Who do you think Kanye Clary thinks is the best player on the team?
0: I'm sure he I'm sure he would think that uh, himself. Exactly. And that's the that's where this
1: gets interesting. Again, I'm going to try to encapsulate a bunch of different discussions here. Me personally, watching college basketball, watching this team, they're better with Ace Baldwin than Kanye Clary. It's clear it's clear From a just a pure basketball standpoint, this team is better with Ace Baldwin playing most of the minutes. I think he's played 40 minutes in just about every game lately. They're, they are better. I, I, I know enough about college basketball, and Joe, you're there. You're watching the games. Things just fit better with Ace Baldwin than Kanye Clary. But Kanye Clary has to feel like he is the best player on the team. And you just mentioned you're showing favoritism because you brought this guy in, in ace Baldwin. And you're, if you're a good enough coach, why can't you find a way to make it work with both of us? Do you see what I'm getting at? That This is the yeah. unfortunate part of the whole thing. Because from a pure basketball standpoint, I know it's hard to have a 5'11 shooting guard and a 6'1", a 5'11 point guard and six and one shooting guard. It's hard to do that in the Big Ten. Penn State's going to be under... I-, I can give you every basketball reason in the world why Kanye Clary should go to the bench. But in Kanye Clary's mind, he was averaging 18 points a game and the coach failed him because he couldn't find a way to make it work with both of them. That, to me, is the really unfortunate part of all this.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Mike necessarily was showing favoritism, but I think it's reasonable that Kanye Clary might have felt. Absolutely. that Absolutely, and that's what and I'm that's, getting uh, at. From Ka-
1: in Kanye Clary's mind, yeah, it, it would be easy to just surmise. Oh, he's coached this coach guy for several years. Of course, he's going to give him the job over me.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I mean, they should have tried uh, to make something work, uh, probably because they were. Uh, this team did some good things, though, with both of those guys in the starting lineup. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they beat Wisconsin, uh, with both of those guys playing great. Uh, they probably, if Clary doesn't get hurt, um, they, I think they beat Minnesota, uh, that, but in any case, they played maybe their best half of the season in the first half against. Minnesota. They had a great shot uh, to beat Northwestern, and of course, there's a lot of uh, as, w- as has been a theme with Penn State basketball uh, for most of its history. A lot of uh, close calls of not getting the job done in the end. But this team was competing with both uh, Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin uh, playing roles. Um, and as, as I mentioned earlier, the team won. The team was successful and unsuccessful uh, with. Kanye Clary, um, either not playing or on the bench. So, um, I don't think the team would have been drastically worse uh, with Clary uh, going back uh, into uh, his old role and keeping uh ball in where he was. I don't know. I just think that they could have uh, found a way uh, to make it work. Uh, and I, I don't want to. I don't know if I can blame Mike Rhodes because who knows what all went into it. Uh, but the guys were. Penn State did some good things with both of those guys in the lineup. Yeah,
1: you cannot convince me that Penn State is a better basketball team today. You cannot convince me that completely getting rid of the the best scorer you've got makes you a better team. You could have found a different role. You could have come up with an amicable solution to just dismiss the guy from the team. You're talking about, what if you need a bucket? Remember Sam Sessoms? Sam Sessoms didn't want to play any more damn defense than I ever did, and that was none. But Sam Sessoms could score. Sam Sessoms could score. I think he averaged 24 last year, wherever the hell he transferred some tiny little school. Sam Sessoms could score. Micah Shrewsbury couldn't get him to play any defense. You can't convince me that Kanye Clary couldn't come in and give you some key buckets in a game that you would need him. So the fact that this ends with him being dismissed from the team is really, really unfortunate. But I just got a text message. says now he can go transfer out and end up on a winning program. You know, and, and quite frankly, and Dave Jones wrote this earlier day. He'll end up somewhere that they that they don't have somebody like an Ace Baldwin already there, a coach's yep. project kind of guy. He'll go somewhere where they need a five eleven point guard who can score and fill it up. So this will end up pretty well for Kanye Clary, and hopefully he gets some good nil money. I I, I just I, I just really struggle that a, a Penn State basketball player that can score eighteen points a game in the Big Ten is deemed no longer necessary for the program. I have a hard time wrapping my mind yeah. around
0: that. And for the future of the program, Corey, I think it's a good possibility that, let's say, they stop. Uh, Tony Clary was the man for Penn State all season. Well, he wasn't going to bring Penn, prop Penn State up to an NCAA tournament he did by himself, so there's a very good possibility that he would have left for a prominent uh, program in any case. But uh, what what's worth wondering is, what if Baldwin leaves next season? Uh, which is a very pos very good possibility. He might be done uh with college basketball. He has one year of eligibility, but this is he's been playing for four years and he's pretty good, so it's hard to wonder that. Uh but um with Baldwin gone, if he is gone next season, which we don't know, Penn State's gonna need somebody uh to step up uh in that point guard role. And if Flurry was still in the fold and if they found a way to keep him for next season, they would have an obvious uh replacement. Uh but now if Baldwin goes uh, they're not going to have that in house
1: yeah it's a great discussion really really unfortunate the way things worked out uh I wish the best for Kanye Clare. He's a young guy, you know, not not that you can fully blame Mike Rhodes from a basketball decision. You're trying to put your best players on the court and and coaches face a lot of difficult decisions in putting their best players on the court. But these are people's lives. These are people's lives at stake. I I guess unless we find out more information and unless something terrible happened behind the scenes, I just can't. I can't understand how this ends with the guy no longer on the basketball team. I mean, let him go home for a week or two, whatever, just, just do something. Let, let him take a break and, and go, clear. This it's been two weeks or so since he had a concussion. Let, let the guy get his life in order. You've, you've devastated him by taking his job away. I just, I just have a hard time seeing how all this has come to this point, man.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, def- it's definitely a bizarre situation, but, uh, Penn-, Penn State's gotta find a way to finish the season strong, uh, for sure. I don't know how much there is to play for. They're not gonna get an NCAA tournament bid, uh, without winning the Big Ten tournament. Uh, the NIT is probably off the table too. Uh, so, um, it's just a matter of, uh, ending the season strong, uh, with, uh, momentum going in uh to next year and they have a good chance to do that i think i think they're going to win that game tomorrow at rec hall it just seems like the perfect setup uh, for a penn state upset because we we follow penn state basketball we've seen a lot um of these types of games where penn state plays a top 10 top 15 team at home and inexplicably gets a win and college basketball a lot of stuff is happening uh like that anyway. I don't think I think there's two elite teams in the country and that's about it. So, um the return to Rush is gonna be interesting and I think it's gonna end with a Penn State win, and we'll see uh what that leads to uh, for the rest of the season. But as far as tournaments go, Penn State doesn't have too much to play for right now.
1: All right, Joe, appreciate the time. Really good discussion, man.
0: Yep, as always. Uh
1: right, thanks so much, Joe Smeltzer from Nittany Sports Now.